this past Thursday, Dark Side of the Ring, a Vice TV show, re-aired, um, came back for the their continuation of season three. And this episode was by far, in my opinion, the most, even though they said that it didn't get that, it was their lowest rating. But I feel like this will be up there in the top maybe five episodes, which if you don't know what what we are talking about, we're talking about the plane ride from hell. Yes. Now, and, and thank you for tagging me in that during so I could watch that because that thing was crazy. Now, have you ever watched this show, The Dark Side of the Ring? No, I heard about it, but I never watched it. Okay. So, basically, Dark Side of the Ring, for those that are unaware of what the show is about, it is pretty much a documentary series narrated by Chris Jericho speaking on stories untold stories or stories that have been told of the wrestling business, but more so the side that we don't really see or we don't really know about, you know, or or we hear a little rumors about it, but we don't get the full story until this show came out. Um, just some notable episodes that they did. They did the episode on the Montreal Screwjob. They did one on Eddie Guerrero. They have a two-part one on Chris Benoit, uh, New Jack, Ultimate Warrior, Brian Pillman, the Owen, the Owen Hart incident, um, just to name a few. And now season three kicks off. Well, didn't kick off, but season three, part two of season three kicked off this past Thursday with the plane ride from hell. Now, I ask you, the ace that runs the place. Yes. Have you heard of this incident prior to seeing this episode? Yes. But I didn't know all, like, a lot of these things that had happened. I heard about, you know, I heard about the uh, certain things that happened. I heard about the Brock Lesnar exposing himself situation. I heard about, uh, what else? What else did he talk about? But I heard, but like, there's some things I heard about. I did hear about some of those things that happened. On the airplane, but I didn't know they got into that detail of what happened. Okay, so with me, I I I was kind of confused because I knew about a plane ride that consisted with Kurt Angle getting almost into a fight with Vince and Undertaker choking him out, like putting him to sleep. Undertaker talked about it on the Broken Skull Sessions. So I thought that was the plane ride from hell. That's what I thought. I was sadly mistaken. <laughs> sadly mistaken. Um, so I have the list of people that was in this, that appeared on this show. Jim Ross, Rob Van Dam, Tommy Dreamer, Just Incredible, Mike Chioda, um, Terry Reynolds and Heidi Doyle, which was the name, which was the victim on the plane. Yes. So, 
What was your reaction as you were watching this show, this episode? I was watching it like I'm listening. First of all, I felt bad for the Heidi lady. The Heidi, what's her name, Doyle? Yes. I felt bad for Heidi Doyle, and I really felt bad for Terry Terry Reynolds. Okay. I felt I felt bad for her because I felt like there was a lot of incidents that happened to her, whether true or not, where she just kind of had to just eat it. Yeah, when they told her like, sell it. don't sell it. Yeah, don't sell it. Yeah, yeah, don't sell it. Whatever. And I was just like, I felt bad. I felt bad for her. Um, it was crazy. Like I was, like, I was listening to some of all the people that was involved in that plane ride. I'm like, the fact that I'm like, I was kind of like surprised that Rob Van Dam wasn't one of the people kind of like bugging out on the flight. I think because I've watched old videos and interviews and even recent interviews of RVD. RVD is just chill. That's what I was saying. RVD is a chill <laughs> dude. And we know he he a 420 dude. He a 420 dude. So he was probably like, yo, man, I'm I'm puffing my little, my little, my little marijuana, whatever like that. Right. I'm chilling. Like I'm I'm chill. Mike Kyoto seemed like the type of dude. I was like, Mike Kyoto seemed like a wild dude. He was one of the ones that I was like, if he was still with the WWE right now, he might not be there anymore. Yeah. He he might not be there after this episode. Yeah. Um I felt when when I when I watched it, you know, I watched it and was just stunned. Right. You know, because at first I forgot that the show was starting up again. I happened to be home. I seen, I watched, uh, I watched a video of Jericho with the direct, with the producers of the show, the, the, the two people who created the show. Mm -hmm. And he was talking to them about like past episodes and coming up previous, um, new episodes, things like that. And, <coughs> Leading up to, you know, me watching it on Friday, I was seeing so many people posting about it and I was seeing memes going around about it. And there was one meme where they show Vince McMahon walking down to the aisle, like walking down the ramp. And they was that like, power strut, that Vince they was power like strut. Vince walking to Charlotte to tell her that her name, they're about to refer to her as Charlotte. Yeah, and they're not, about to take the flare yeah. name off. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is all go going on? And then I went on Twitter and I seen it and I was like, oh, then I was like, oh, this was the first episode they did. Let me watch it. Now I watched it. I was like, Oh, yeah. I felt for Jim Ross, too. I felt... I felt for Jim. The only time I felt bad for Jim Ross was when Jim Ross said that him and Vince had that emergency meeting once they landed. When they landed and Jim Ross and Vince... Vince was like, okay, it's, it's, time, to, it's time to tell Let's me all what happened. Yeah. And now we're going to deal with the discipline. Yo, it was like Vince was on the flight. And like, how did Vince not know anything that would happen? Okay, so this is, I was thinking the same thing. Then I thought about it. They said it was a customized 757 or 747 private jet, right? Yeah. So you got to think about it. If it's a private jet, if it's a private plane, and you got Vince, Linda, and I've got who Jim, else? Yeah, Jim Ross is in the Jim Ross is in the front. Yeah. And then you have all the guys in the back. Yeah. Once that door kind of closes, 
whatever goes on behind that door, Vince and them don't know about it. And if you think about it, if it's a long plane ride, Vince with Linda and everybody, Vince probably sleep. Vince probably doing other things. Yeah. Cause think about it, when they said Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect, and Brock got into the fight, they said one of the executives, one of the talent people, came out to grab Jim Ross from where he was and was like, you gotta come back here. So Jim Ross, clearly Jim Ross didn't know what was going on back there until they had to pull him like, right. you know, <laughs> you know? So it was, it, I, I, I agree with the feeling bad for JR. I felt bad for Terry, um, felt bad for Heidi. Um, RVD said something that stood out to me when he said, you know, this is why it's not a good thing to meet your idols. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you have this image of your idols and when you meet them, they end up being completely not the same. They're right. they're assholes, they're predators, they're whatever you want to call them. And there was backlash from this being aired. Uh Ric Flair, who had a commercial for Car Shield, they removed the commercials yeah. from all, you know, things. Peacock removed the episode from the WWE Network story time. Yeah. Which I found to be very interesting. So that had to be like the PG version or something like that. Well, no, because they didn't... They... Peacock... Before Peacock got the WWE Network, they had story time. Network had that show story time. They had that episode on there. It wasn't graphic. It was just... Whatever, you know, story Flair told, because Flair was narrating, he was talking about it, and everybody was talking about it. It was kind of like one of those things. But I found this to be interesting because if you hear about this story, and they, it's been talked about in the wrestling business, you know, like I said, I heard about it, but I thought it was a different story. You as a company want to see, let me see what, what this story exactly is about, you know? And if you would have seen that, you would have been like, you know what? I don't think this should be... Because what was the last time they got rid of all, some stuff from Peacock that was on there? They got who, What was the last thing they got rid of? They got rid of, like, a bunch of stuff. They got rid of most of the... Um... I know what you're talking about because it happened. It happened when Peacock got when they acquired it and they launched yeah, the network. Yeah, what did they get rid of? They got rid of a lot of things that dealt with that was race racially driven. So I know there was like a, a segment where Piper was blackface, blackface, or something like that. yeah. Um, anything that was in any regards to racist. So when DX made fun of the nation and X-Pac was dressed up as Mark Henry and he had the he had the big like the big suit on but had his face all black and everything like that they got rid of that they got rid of um 
couple other things too. But I just found it to be interesting that they didn't look at that story time and look at more into that story yeah, and they be do, like due do, do, do diligence on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um and <laughs> the the man of the hour, and it's not Ric Flair. Tommy Dreamer. Mm. Is all but fired from Impact Wrestling. Yes. He is suspended indefinitely. Uh, the owner of Impact, I forgot his name. Scott Demore or something. Yes, like Scott Demore yeah. released the email, sent the email to all the talent in Impact saying that he was released. And as of today, Tommy Dreamer has released a statement um, saying the following. Regarding my comments on Dark Side of the Ring, it was never my intent intention to offend, hurt, or victim shame anyone. I understand my comments were insensitive and could trigger emotions in someone's own personal past. I do not condone sexual misconduct of any kind. I apologize to anyone I offend from the bottom of my heart. I am so sorry. Now, for those... That do not know what I'm talking about, what we're talking about, about Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer stated, I have the clips, I have the audio clips, and I'm going to play them right now. Back to back to back. <laughs> because this man, Tommy Dreamer, said some of the most insensitive... Somebody brought it up, and, and I agreed to what he said. Basically, Tommy Dreamer jumped on top of the Ric Flair grenade and took the blast. That's the perfect way to describe what Tommy Dreamer did. He jumped on top of that grenade and just took the blast. These are the comments that Tommy Dreamer stated on the dark side of the rink. Ric Flair is not going to try to impose by force any sexual stuff on to anybody. Um, he's just flaunting, styling and profile and doing like the Ric Flair stuff where everybody's going to laugh about it. Um, but obviously someone took offense to it. If that's how she felt, maybe she should have not taking a payout and went to the fullest extent of the law to then truly put this heinous person in jail. My opinion. I feel this is trying to portray someone as this sexual predator, and it's not. It's a joke, it's a gag. And today, 1,000% inappropriate. My hairstyle is inappropriate right now. I am somehow offending someone right now with my double ponytail. How dare I have two ponytails? And my answer is I'm 50 years old. I'm happy I have hair. Um, but if you're asking me, I've hung out with Ric Flair. I've never seen him try to force his will against anybody. Now... I'm going to paint the picture of what exactly happened with Ric Flair for those that did not watch this video or did not watch the show. Apparently, Ric Flair, from time to time, decides to strip down 
naked and put on his infamous Ric Flair robe and walk around with just his robe on. And apparently, Heidi Doyle was pinned in the back of the airplane yeah, like in the area where the where the flight attendants are. Yes, are like it's like yeah. where the bathroom is, where the bathroom and the bar little area is for the private jets, and mm-hmm. you know, so she's pinned back there, and he's insisting on her to touch his the nature board. Yes, <laughs> yes, to touch Space Mountain, to touch Space, Space Mountain. Mountain, right. And he started to do a little gesture with basically helicoptering Space Mountain. And it was very much a inappropriate gesture that Flair was doing. Now, this is not the first time that Flair has been in hot water yeah. over accusations like this. And for Tommy Dreamer to come out here and basically defend it and say, you know, I've never seen Ric Flair do this before. You know, we've, I know I've personally watched Surviving R. Kelly. Yeah. And we know so many people that have said they've never seen this side of R. Kelly. We never knew that R. Kelly was like this. He was never really this type of person when he was around us. We don't know what happens behind closed doors mm-hmm. with people. You know, um, Harvey Weinstein is one of those people that falls into that mm-hmm. situation. Um I mean, there's a few other names that's been circulating out there. Bill Cosby, you know, people have their accusations on Bill. And there's a few other high-profile people that were targeted, or not targeted, but were accused of these sexual predator acts. And as I was watching this and just thinking about it, we... Me and you, we are two black men Mm -hmm. who, when Hogan said what he said, Hogan was never on my Mount Rushmore. He was never in my top five, top ten. Yeah. But Hogan fell way down. Yeah. Flair... With these, with this story, has fallen from my Mount Rushmore. And I say that because, like, I didn't know about any of the things that Ric Flair did. And this is where I was listening to these people talk about it yesterday. And once again, I applaud this this podcast, Don Tony, the Don Tony Show, and he had his co-host Mish on there, and Mish brought it up, and Mish said, "There's two type of wrestling fans. There's the diehard marks that know everything about that person in and out, yeah. and then there's the wrestling fans that just admire 
the in-ring work. The in-ring work, the the character. Yeah. And that's how I was with Flair. I admired the nature boy Ric Flair. I admired the limousine riding, jet flying, jet flying kid stealing, you know, Rolex wearing, the woo, all that. I admired all that about Flair. Mm-hmm. But now that I've learned this about Flair and then learning that there's other things about Flair, a lot of stuff that has been brought up even if you watch the 30 for 30 special on Flair, it really makes you be like, yo, it's hard to separate the character. Yeah, that's always a hard thing to do. Right. Just, that's always a hard thing to do with people. It's just like, how do you separate, how do you, like, how do you separate the character from the man or the, you know, or the character from the woman or whatever. And, um, I'm like this. Flair never been. Flair has never been a like. I'm on Mount Rushmore or whatever like that. You know what I mean? I I, I like the the I like the nature boy. Like the the you know the limit. Like what you said, the limousine riding, the the rope, the 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 just like like the 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 swagger of Flair. You know, and um, but it's just like this man is just like is like. Like I said, Tommy Dreamer was trying to defend him. It's like, listen, this man is not a sexual predator and all this other stuff like that. But he did something on that plane that was very, very dangerous and disrespectful. And it looked like I, I applaud that woman Heidi Doyle for sitting and talking about it because that was like that hurt. That had to hurt. You know, that had to had to hurt that woman. That was like, what if that was somebody that was in that was in Tommy Dreamer's family? And somebody that he somebody knows. said that somebody brought a Beulah because him and Beulah was like a, a couple or whatever. And they was like, yo, if. If Flair did that to Beulah, I'm pretty sure Tommy would have punched Flair in the face. Right. You know? And it does it does make you think about that. It does make you think about, like, yo, what if that was your, your daughter? Yeah. What if that was your mother, your aunt? It's just, well, it's just Flair being Flair. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, well, it's just Flair being Flair. Like, no, like, dude, like, this is my, this is somebody, this is a woman, whatever, like that. Mm-hmm. Like, this woman is doing her job and, like, for her to, you know, she did ask for that. You and know let's not even, we didn't even get on Scott Hall. And Scott Hall, that situation was crazy. You know? You know? But, uh, you know, then it's like, so you kind of make, like I said, we make these excuses. Well, he was high, he was drunk, whatever. He was mad. He was, he was jacked up. Mm-hmm. Whatever like that. But it's like still, though, like, you know, it's just like a bunch of dudes on there that act like children. A bunch of grown-ass men that acted like children that... Or harassing this person. Like I said, I felt bad for Heidi, and I felt, like I said, I felt so bad for t- Terry Reynolds. Yeah, because there I was I felt a, so bad for her, So, man. So for those that, you know, don't know what we're talking about, there's a part on there, there's a part during this episode where they talk about Terry Reynolds, and Terry Reynolds had made a reference to, she was dating at the time, Dustin. Yeah. Um. Dustin Rhodes. A.K.A. Goldust. A.K.A. Goldust. Son of Dusty Rhodes. Brother Cody Rhodes. And I guess at the time, they were separated separated on the verge of getting divorced. And during the plane ride, Dustin starts to sing this song to Terry. Yeah, it was like their song. It was like their song. Because I think it might have been their wedding song or whatever. Yeah. And it was very uncomfortable for her, and it made it just made everything just 
very uncomfortable. And JR told him, like, yo, sit your ass down. Sit your ass down. <laughs> you know, you need to relax. Right. And between that and then we have the Brock incident, which that even put me in a place where I was like, fuck, like. You know, and then, like I said, the, the excuse was, well, Brock was young. This, that, and the third. But it's like still, though. You know what I mean? I just feel like with, with Brock doing it and the fact that he did it in front of Terry, who was who else with... Was there? Who, who else was there? Dustin and, was there. That's, oh, well, oh, okay. Dustin was right there with her and told her, like, don't sell. And it's like, if I'm sitting there and I'm sorry, if I'm dating... We dating or not, my ex or not, and you turn around and you, bro, like, don't, that's, that's act of fighting. Right. You know? And I don't give a damn if it's Brock Lesnar. All right, cool, it's Brock. All right. If I can't take you, I'm going to find something that's going to take you down. Right. You know? <laughs> you know? Right. But it's just, it, it was very uncomfortable but, watching this but i said at the same time it's like you gotta look i i look at the the what it what was it jr was like what is that why didn't why didn't flair be any i have that clip okay go ahead. i have that clip okay. it, it was because i was gonna get into that after you know after yeah. that because one of the things is when they started laying out the discipline yeah the action disciplinary actions kurt henning because the whole thing originally started like the when things got heightened was when Kurt Henning played a prank on Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And him and Brock got into the fight. Yeah. And which damn near they're they how damn many, near killed him. <laughs> right. They're damn near how many feet up in the air, crossing the Atlantic, hitting the emergency exit door. Yeah, they could have died. So they released Kurt Henning. They released Scott Hall. Mm -hmm. They released Dustin. And JR said it. JR was like, you know, I felt bad because I just felt like Kurt just had one of those nights where Kurt was being Kurt, but I had to let him go. Um, Scott Hall, we knew, we he all know demons, his, yeah. he had his demons, he had his issues, it's been documented. We felt like this wasn't the right move. We had to let him go. Dustin, he said, I felt bad for Dustin. I know Dustin. I like Dustin personally. I have history with Dustin. I mean, Jim Ross is one of the godfathers of the business. And he's been through every almost every wrestling fed. And his father was with him. Dusty was with JR for most of the runs. And then we get to Ric Flair. And this is what was said on Dark side. How does it that Ric Flair evaded any sort of suspension or anything like that? Good question. Uh, I guess, lack of a better term, he was a made man. And he was such a high level made man that. You got to pass. Was it the right thing to do? I don't know. You're listening to it, folks. You, you decide. 
you got to pass. As the... He got a pass. He got a pass. Flair Teflon. Yes. And I was thinking, is that is like that's the same reason why I feel like Brock got a pass too, because well, Brock did people didn't tell what, what what Brock did, but also Brock was Teflon at that time because he was the new hot thing in the business, whatever like that. And it was like, we can't let this guy go. Whatever like that, it's go like now nah, we got too much invested in this and it's too much, too much of all that, so we can't get rid of that. But I was like with that flare situation, I was like, that's where people like predators. A lot of these celebrity guys as predators and stuff like that. These are people that are in position of power, whatever like that, and they're made like they're they, you know say so they feel like they can do these things and they know like nothing's gonna happen because I have I bring too much to the table. Right. I'm worth too much, whatever like that. Harvey Weinstein had power. R. Kelly had power. Bill Cosby had power. I believe the man that was in the blacklist. Not with the black was it the blacklist? Not um, who was the Kevin? Was it Kevin? Not, not Kevin Bacon. Who's the, the guy? Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey had a lot of these people have power. These men that have power, and the men that have power usually abuse that power. We can even, I mean, we if we go on to, I mean, we take it to athlete wise. I mean, the college that you root for, Penn State. Penn State had um yeah like Joe Paterno I mean Joe Paterno wasn't he but wasn't he had, but he had power he yeah. he looked he looked the he other looked way the other way because yeah because he was like listen man this is it's it's money there's power this position there's all that stuff that goes into it and there's all like I said like the universe like a lot of colleges Louisville Louisville mm-hmm. had a, a scandal um uh University of Miami we know about their history and things that you know uh the um. The NFL, the any sports in general. I mean, know? Larry Nancer, the the um, the gymnast trainer that was dealing with everything with the Michigan State scandal and that whole thing where he was being a just he needs to be. Well, he is under the jail, but like he's just that whole situation. So. You know, it's like you said, it's that, it's that power. Is that yeah? You're a man with power, and Ric Flair had power. He was a big, like I said, that was at that time that they bought WCW, they bought ECW. So a lot of these guys didn't have nowhere else to go. And that's what that's what Dreamer said. Dreamer yeah. was like, you know, you you when you don't have nowhere else to go, this is this is the end all be all. Now I have a question. Do you feel like the reason he was released from the WWE is because WWE knew this was coming? I can see that happening. They yes. knew it was coming, and instead of them firing him now, they released him. Right. Which then makes me feel like this ordeal mm-hmm. with with Charlotte and the title is going to change. Because I feel like they're going to get the belt off of Charlotte because of this. Of the sins of her father. Yes. Yes. And I feel like you feel like she's they're, they're going to push for her to get that that like her that flare status, yeah. but I think they may want to have her not have that title, like not have that flare reign because now of that namesake, because of the last name, and I think there's more to be played into this. Because well, Charlotte, 
No, no, no. With Flair. Because the next episode, which you asked me about um, before we got on here, because you've seen the outline and you've seen what's the double life of Chris Canyon. You remember Canyon. Yeah. Who's better than Canyon? Okay. So, the double life, Chris Canyon was battling the fact that Chris Canyon was gay. Mm -hmm. And he felt like he was released from the WWE because of his sexuality. Mm -hmm. He was on Howard Stern. And Ric Flair called in. And Ric Flair pretty much told him, no, it's because you weren't good in the ring. You weren't good. You, you, whatever. But whatever he said to Canyon, a lot of people feel like caused Canyon, who was already battling these demons and battling this depression and everything, led him to ultimately take his life. So now, not only do you have him, Flair, Ric Flair, as being painted as this sexual predator now, but now you're going to have him painted as this man who is like you weren't man enough in the business. That's why you were let go because you didn't know how to work or whatever. Yeah. Because... In, in, in a sense, because of your sexuality, which then we all know in this day and age right now. Yeah, that's the wrong community you want to piss off right there. Which is really going to be that blow. Right. And it's going to probably lead to nobody. It's going to want to work with Ric Flair. But like I said, he's already like. He's already self-made. Yes, he's, he's already, already self-made, self-made. But you have to take into account. When you start to when when this when this cancel culture starts to get going, if they really want to remove you, they will get they they will do that. Yeah, you know, and it's it's just it's it's tough, man. Yeah. It, it really is. It's tough to see. I like I said, I feel like they're going to single handedly do this, that, and then the third. But I want to get into something before we. In this, um, the top five things that was trending on Twitter after this show. Dark Side of the Ring, Ric Flair, Tommy Dreamer, Impact, and The Undertaker. Now, what happened with The Undertaker? I believe we talked about this on a, on a, la- on a previous episode. But if you don't remember, I have the clip. I have the audio clip. Okay. So this is why Undertaker was trending on Twitter. And that era of guys too. Yeah. You know, those oh. are men. Yeah. Like you go to a dressing room nowadays and you it's 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 a, it's, a, it's a lot different. I remember walking into my first real dressing room and I also were some crusty men, right? Like half of them had guns and knives in their bags and you know, shit got handled back then, you know. Now you walk in, you know, the guys playing video games and fucking, you know, making sure they look pretty and hard times make hard men. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, it's evolution, I guess, or yeah. the, I don't know what it is, but I, I just prefer, I don't know. I just, I just liked, I like those eras, man. I, I like that when men were men and I get it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's obviously how you came up when you, you came through that era. When yeah. you see people that have it easier, you go like, mm. when you, you know, you yeah. think about, you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Okay. So they was trending because people started to say, well, is this what you missed? Was this plane ride? Is the events that happened on this plane ride what you missed about backstage? Right. Which then makes me think of, like, just how as, like, you know, for for me personally, I'm one of those people that, like, I've seen... And this is one of the reasons why I'm not the biggest fan of like a strip club. Yeah. Because I see how men treat women (laughs) at strip clubs or just in general, Mm -hmm. you know, and clubs, whatever. Yeah, just out and about, regular day. Yeah. And I see that, and it kind of it just it doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. And this can go into a deeper conversation, which is not really warrant for wrestling, but but this is not a general wrestling conversation. This yeah. is something that is a little bit more like a and, life thing. Or something. Yeah. So. I think about what Undertaker said, and then I think about the new generation of talent, the new guard of the business. How yeah. he said now, the guys is playing video games and things like that. Did you see the? Oh, sorry, but like, did you see the part when he was like, Jr. was like, the now the talent. You see the talent. The talent now hopefully can learn from the mistakes mm-hmm. of the past of the past, which is know, past which is what I think happened. Yes, and I think you started to get where people weren't doing these things. People are like, yo, I want to do this. I want to play my game. I want to, you know, hang out with the boys. I want to do whatever, you know, even the little little, little shit that they're doing. Like, I know Ricochet and, and um, what is his name? Dude who has a 24-7 title. Reggie. Reggie. I know Ricochet, Reggie, and some other guy. Yeah, some other guy. They, like- they be doing their TikToks yeah. and they be doing all this stuff like that. And I, I see all that. And I'm just like, that's what I would rather be doing, not doing TikTok, but I'd rather be like doing shit that I'm happy with doing, you know, that I like doing. I like playing the game. So I'll probably be with Xavier and them playing the game. Yeah. You know, even though a lot of people would say like even Xavier Woods at one point was kind of in that, was on that little, ooh, you might want to yeah tone it down, which he obviously did, you know. But, yeah, Undertaker was... But I, I got... Okay, just bringing that with just with, with Xavier, but was Xavier more so... Like, Xavier wasn't doing the same things as, like, the flair and all them was doing. Oh, no, no, no. But no. it was also... It was just more so... I felt like it was more cons- consensual. Well, flair, yeah, it, what, what, it was. was was doing. It was consensual, yeah. but it was just, like... It, it was consensual, but... It being recorded was kind of like... But we do that. We do that every day. 
But people do that all the time. I, so that's why I can't really get, I can't really, I understand what people say, well, well you got to chill with that. But it's like, yo, people do that all the time. Like I said, we send a pick here and there. But you also, like, Paige was wilding too. What about Paige? Uh, she was. So you got to, like, you know, you know, but I understand what you're saying. Like, that's why I hate, I hate the whole, like, well, back then, this when men were men type of thing, whatever like that. I just feel like men, a man can be a multitude of things instead of just one, this one thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I that's mean? What, that's what I didn't really like about Undertaker making that statement because it was, and, and it, it goes beyond wrestling. Like, like I said, this is a conversation that is deeper than just wrestling because when you look at, for example, you look at him saying that, you take it down to basketball. You know, we got Barkley and everybody saying, like, back in my day, we they played ball. Like, all this little kitty shit, like, this AAU shit, we ain't, we ain't for that. You know, we look at the NFL, for example. You know, you got the Jim Browns or the Dick Buckuses yeah, or, or the yeah, Mike, Mike Dicka, Mike Dicka like and that. all that. The Bradshaw and all that. You know, like, talking about how soft the game is and this, and third, and we could take it to, you know, just – Everyday you know, life, boxing, yeah, sports. Just you know, sports and life is like coincide. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and just like I said, in life in general and stuff like that. Like I said, like, like I said, us being black men and whatever like that. It's like you got black men that that are f- sci-fi fantasy kind of people. That's like in the anime. You see these black people just like so in the anime now. It's like this. You know that wave, whatever like that. Some people are like, oh man, that's corny. That's that's not real. That's not real. That's not a real man. That's not not real. You know, ends do this. You know, real ends don't do that. You know, real ends is more about like it's the streets and it's this, that, and the third or whatever like that. And it's just like, no, it's just like you could be, you could be, I could still be a black man in America and in life, just just a black man, and I could still like these things. And be still considered I'm a man at the end of the day. I can still like video games. I can still like anime. I can still like, you know, wrestling. It's still like all this other stuff like that. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That doesn't make me less of a man because I like these things and stuff like that. I don't have to be walking around with a gun and fighting or doing all this crazy stuff like that. I can still have like core principles of a man, maybe what a man should be, it, and but still have the things that I like and that should be okay. It goes to the to the toxic masculinity that is plaguing, you know, men. You know, I, I had to read I read a book um earlier this year on toxic masculinity and just reading that I just never really realized how just how crazy it is, you know, and to see people say the things that like Undertaker said, you know, and saying like, oh, you know, well, back in the old days in the old guard, we didn't, we we were men, you know, like. Right. He said we walked around with guns and knives and, and tobacco dr- and, drugs. and drugs, drugs. And, and it's like, yo. Remember that part where Justin Preble was like, yeah, it was like, we could get prescription drugs. We could get anything we want. Like, we was, we was, they was wilding. Yeah. And this is, it's, and a lot of people feel like, you know, this is, this show is going to leave, like, it's going to damage a lot of people. It's going to damage a lot of, like, Things and I know the season finale. 
because I seen the list of the episodes and I know in order. The season finale is the one I'm looking forward to. Because the season finale is the U.S., the United States versus Vince McMahon. Because it's the infamous trial, the steroid trial. That is going to be the one, in my opinion. Because I remember hearing about that trial, but while we were little, you know, this was when Hogan was still in the WWE. Right. And this was pretty much the straw that broke the relationship between Vince and Hogan. You know, and they they kind of rehashed it when they had their match at WrestleMania and Hogan and Vince brought it up and storyline. But that was a real life, real actual fact. Vince could have went to jail, you know, and Jericho brought it up. Jericho was like, we don't know what would have happened to the WWE. The WWE probably wouldn't be existing right now if Vince McMahon went to jail. You know, so this is one of those situations where I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of this. I feel like the outcome of the Charlotte Nikki, I mean the Charlotte Alexa match is going. I think the results is going to have something to do with the next episode, including this past week's episode, because next episode is the uh, Chris Canyon story. Yeah, I feel like that's going to have something to do with the outcome. I feel like Charlotte. It's just going to give more reason for Charlotte to just... Yeah, I still feel like Charlotte's like one foot in, one foot out anyway. Like, I really honestly believe she wants to... Like I said, Andrade is like this... I want my family here. But now, I don't... Th- now, with he- Flair, with AEW, without Flair, they're like, you yeah. know... And Andrade already done went through Ch- Chavo. Because mm-hmm. Chavo was his manager. He didn't beat up Chavo. Well, who... Oh, who did they say? They said... Um, Some girl. It was a girl I saw. The, Selena. Selena something, yeah. Selena... Della, Della, yeah, Delarante or something yeah. like that, whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry because I was like, I saw the picture. You was like Selena something, but I'm trying to like piece together the rest of the, yeah. <laughs> the last name. So I'm like, no, no disrespect, right? But yeah, it was just like I saw that, so I'm like, yeah. So now that yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that. You know, it well, is. even I showed. Remember, we talked about the. Uh, I showed you the picture. And it was like the Stone Cold joint. <sighs> You know? Yeah. But I I wanna I wanna say they did do they had a they A and E dropped their documentary on Stone Cold, which didn't really talk about the the dark side. I think they might I have to go back and double check. I think they might have did a dark side of Stone Cold. I could be wrong, cause if they did, Stone Cold would have never been able to pop his head up again because of the stuff I heard. From like, remember he dated. He was married to Deborah, and apparently him and Deborah got into some altercations and things like that. So it's just, it's. I got a question. Mm-hmm. I got a question. A lot of this dark side stuff is rough and it's hard to, to to digest. Is there some instances where it's just like we said, not just as a fan, just as a human being, where you feel like I I feel like I can forgive that person. For their actions and what happened, like if like we know how much we love Stone Cold, and if that documentary came out and we found all this stuff, I mean, you know, you just it was hard to read. But can you feel like in yourself? Could you forgive Stone Cold? In, in, in a sense, you know what I mean. 
it's one of those situations where you have to, I have to, you just have to wait and see. Yeah. You know, like I know, for example, me, I'm, Chris Benoit was one of my favorite wrestlers. Like, favorite. I was so, so hurt when, when that happened to him. And I was one of those people that went on that conspiracy run and watched a couple videos of this guy. And I still have the videos on my YouTube page, like on my, saved on my YouTube. Cause just occasionally I just go back just to listen to what the dude was saying. There's some guy from like England um, or out there. And he was saying how he feels or he felt like there was a conspiracy and it was like Chris Benoit did not murder, you know, his wife and his kid and, you know, then took his own life, felt like it was a murder. Like he was murdered and it was deemed as this. Um, and I used to tell people like, yo, I don't think that. I think that, you know, you know, I, I think Kevin Sullivan might've had something to do with it because, you know, Sullivan said like, yo, I'm, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to come after you. And I just felt like, you know, maybe this was the time. I don't know. But then I watched the dark side of the ring and they did the two-parter on Christmas Y and just listening to what they were saying. I'm not shooting him any bail. I'm not saying that, you know, he, you know, he was, there's no one's never in the justified right to, not only murder your wife, but murder your own kid. Um, but he himself has some stuff going on. He took Eddie Guerrero's death worse than probably anybody yeah, else did. Yeah, they so talked. I was like, so I'm the same. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't. I don't. I don't agree with the action, obviously. But as you as a person, could you see yourself like I can forgive him? I can forgive him because. Like, he's he, it wasn't like he was just a monster that was out here just doing this shit regularly. Regular, it's just like yo, he, there was there's layers to these things that what happened. So, I yes, I don't agree with the action, but I can forgive the person because if, if I'm if this person's in, I'm in this pain, mm -hmm. you know, and at the time, like I said, we don't research is you know learning about CTE and all this other stuff like that. It's like, can I forgive this person? Knowing that action that happened, but I like also thinking like, well, you have to put it in perspective. Like, well, I had this going on, I had th all these things going on and stuff like that. So, can if, I like understand why this person did what he did, even though I don't agree with it? If it was like a okay, if it was to answer the question, if it was a one time thing, yeah, I can I can say okay, you know, I, something happened. Everybody makes everybody fucks up, you know, everybody fucked up once. But if it's a repeated pattern. Like if there's, for example, with the Stone Cold situation, there was not just Deborah. There was a few other instances where ex-wives of his had came out and said or have accused him of doing these things. So if there ever came out a documentary where Deborah said something, his other ex-wife said something, his other ex-wife said something, then it's like, all right, something is 
something's not right about right. this, you know? Like, then that's when you're like, okay, all right, Austin, you know, you gotta, you might, you might drop. How do you, but okay, so how do you, how do you, I'm sorry, I, know, I feel like this taking longer than it should be, but it's like, <laughs> so how do you, like. Separate? Not like how do you like how do you like I said you you drop them down but it's just like but when you see Stone Cold or you listen to a podcast whatever like that you just think about it's like damn like right that was my like that's my man but it's like yo you did this and it's like it's repeated instances but it's like you know me like it's I don't hard know how to, you know it's, it's hard but I mean with Flair I dropped Flair down because I just. Like, damn. The Tommy Dreamer thing made it worse. When Tommy Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer comments made it worse. Even it was bad hearing what was being said. Mm-hmm. But Tommy Dreamer comments made it even worse. It did. It did. And and I feel like I brought it. I he might. I like we said. He's he's suspended from a um, from Impact. Impact. He might be gone from busted open. I, I'm just assuming because third, I mean Friday, he wasn't on the show. They talked about it. I, they didn't really get into the details of it. I'm pretty sure they may get into it on Monday. They normally have a Saturday show. They didn't have one, and then they had the Masters class, which was today, which was just Bully and Mark Henry. So I'm very interested to see what's going to happen leading, like, going forward with Busted Open with Tommy Dreamer. Because um, I thought that he would at least go on there and just kind of air his, you know, whatever. Yeah. He might be on there. He might not. Um, but well, how, how he reacted is like, I feel like there's no turn coming back from that. that that's a tough. Yeah. That's that's tough. It is. And like you said, he, he took the grenade for Flair. You know, but Flair still gonna get got. And so Flair, listen, listen, man, the, the, the Flair about to get got. You said that Chris Kane Drake come out, and if, and if even if the community get him, oh boy, we ain't gonna, we gonna never see Flair yep. ever again. And but then you make, then you know what, bro? That makes you think a little about the help of Triple H. That was his man. So how Trip gonna feel about like how was hunting like this dude? This is, it's like, bro, but it's like, sometimes it's just like, man, you got to tear some things down. Which you got to do what's right. Which then goes to, but then you got to, you got to think about probably, and I got to go back and I got to watch the 30 for 30 because I believe Triple H was on there. I believe they, they, they discussed a couple things, but it goes to show you that like Triple H probably, that was his idol. So Triple H probably looked at Flair and just only seen well, like I was talking about in ring work, because remember Triple H, he was never into drugs. He never into drinking, never into any of that. That's why they, that's why the clique adopted him because they was like, oh my God, designated driver. Like that's who they went to. That was their go-to. And we all know how, how Triple H felt with Sean. When Sean was coming into work, popped on pills and doing all types of stuff, Triple H eventually got fed up and broke ties with Sean. You know, and Kevin Nash had to be the one to be like, yo, man, listen, Hunter's your friend. Hunter is looking out for you. Hunter wants the best for you. So, I mean, man, listen, man, Triple H is 
Triple H is probably the best thing to happen for the business of wrestling because he loves, he genuinely loves the business. Yes. And yeah, that's man, but it's <laughs> man, I'm telling you. It's 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 a hard man, listen, man. When when things like that happen, man, it's just hard to it's hard, like I said, it's hard. You can't really justify none of the things. You can't really, you know, because all you can say to like, like guy, you know how guys say, like, man, we just the boys are just being boys. But it's just like, when is that? How can you justify that? Yeah, you sometimes, know? sometimes that's not a good excuse. That's not right. acceptable. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like. What if that, like I said, what if that was your, we always say, I'll put it in, what if that was your mother, what if that was your sister, what if that was your wife or something like that, what if that, something like that happened, what if like that, do you say the same kind, do you feel the same way, or you just like, nah, I, I gotta take a stand, you know, but sometimes, like I said, it's just people, like, you got people that's made men, that's like, that got so much power, and then like mm-hmm. your options, you just sometimes, you just like, sometimes you, you just take it, because like, I, I gotta feed my family. Right. And I think that's like I was thinking about. I was like, "Yo, why didn't RVD really do anything?" But I'm like, you know, you got to think about that. Like you said, like you know, you gotta kind of, I got, I gotta take care of my responsibility and things like that. But it's like, when does somebody just be I like got bills? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it's like sometimes because sometimes if you try to jump in and kind of you know like yo like if somebody came to Flair like Flair, what the fuck is wrong with you? And knock Flair out. Now you're getting like you know what I'm saying and, and what if Jim Ross got to give you that talk like dude like Jim Ross give you the talk you get fired then uh, you you try to get you another put Jim job in a messed up situation because right. now he doesn't like he 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 might agree with you but it's like dude like I'm I'm stuck in the hard rock in a hard place like, I don't know what to do and then you know if you if you know you knock flare out you go to another job you go to another wrestling fed like you go to Impact we know he ended up being an Impact. What's going to happen there? You know, you want impact now. Flair gets in the Dixie's ear or gets in whoever's ear and be like, yo, you need to, you know. Right. Send him going. Then what? Ruin your 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 whole, your whole thing, reputation you know? now that is ruined because you got a made man that's put a mark on you and said, right. yo. He's like kind of excommunicated from. And you can tell him like, this is the reason why I did it. I had a legit good reason why I did this, but it's like. Power, I'm Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're Ivory D. You're the whole effing show, but I'm Ric Flair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. It's messed up, man. It's it's really messed up, man. It but is, sometimes man. you just need people to stick to, you know, do the right thing, and it, it sucks. Like, I was been, been posting on my eye. It's just like, it sucks being the good guy because the good guy usually takes the brunt of the abuse mm-hmm. you know it's not fair it's not good it's being a good guy is like one of the most unappreciated like un like one of the most unappreciated jobs out there yeah because you really get treated like shit definitely does man you know so on that note you know let's 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 end it on a positive note man and on positive note, we're going to end it with the interview that Big E did as soon as he got done capturing the WWE title. This 
Royal Club Wrestling Podcast with yours truly. I am the podcast tribal chief, also known as Franchise. Big chest, big man, bubba meat. <laughs> <laughs> this is the ace that runs the place. Shout out to Biggie. I love Biggie, man. Shout out to shout out to the new day, man. I love them boys, man. And we will be back with another episode. Um Continue to show love and support. Follow us on all the streaming platforms, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, RCW underscore podcast. Till next time. Till next time, folks. We out. We out. Big E, massive congratulations. 12 years in WWE. This the biggest night of your career. How are you feeling? Uh, good, good. Uh, it's hard to contextualize something like this. Uh, man, it's, it's the moments, I think, that I really treasure. And, man, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about the moment. I go out, the music hits, and that crowd, even though they've seen me a dozen times tonight, uh, man, like, to have people, your peers, to have fans, be, people that yeah! And these two jackasses. Let's go. <laughs> so to have everyone in this support. Nah, it's, it's, uh, it means the world to me. So I'm appreciative for sure. I think the dream for anyone, like in any vocation or craft or anything, is getting to do really cool things to be at the top of your craft, but to do it with your best friends. And, you know, we, I, I always tell this story because I never want to forget. I will always remember the three of us just fighting to get on TV. And, man, we've been able to do so many cool, incredible things. And I got to grow so much as a person and as a performer because of these guys. And uh, I could not have written a better career for myself. I'm glad in many ways that it took so long because it feels earned. I'm glad that, you know, I wasn't handed things right away. Um, that I had time to grow, to to do all the things that we had chances to do. So uh, I got to live the dream. Hey, E, what did it mean for you walking back in with the WWE Championship in hand and all of your peers, all of your colleagues, every single one of them there to greet you, applaud you, congratulate you? No, it's, um, that's... That's the cherry on top. Uh, the respect from your peers, from the people who, man, we have so much talent in the locker rooms, on SmackDown, on Raw, NXT, NXT UK, and to have people I really respect, who I love watching, you know, push so hard for me for all these years to be backstage, to to be there and just say, job well done, or whatever. Uh, again, I'm just very, I'm thankful for all of it. Such a worthy champion. I know everybody echoes that sentiment. Massive congratulations. Big E, the new. I'll let you guys do this oh, one, actually. Yeah, if, if you don't mind. If you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Because it's time to christen things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whenever you're ready. Whenever you're ready. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boys, the New Day. And we have the honor of standing here with your brand new W. W.E. World Heavyweight Champion!